Hey, it's Robert. We have one more show left this month on Wednesday, June 21st at Bumport Theater in Denver. The theme will be Road Trip. See you there. Next storyteller. All right, next storyteller. Next storyteller. Our next storyteller. Welcome to the Narrators Podcast. This podcast collects stories that were told at the Narrators, a monthly storytelling event that features people telling true stories based on a theme. Today's story comes from San Diego writer, preacher, and stand-up comedian Kirk Faulkner. It was recorded live on June 14th, 2016 at Tiger Tiger Tavern in San Diego. The theme of the evening was ink. Thanks, Kirk. So to start this story off, everybody, let's catch up on our relationships here. Uh, From the years of 1999 to 2001, I served a Mormon mission in Siberia, right? Now, if you don't believe me, which a lot of people don't, I brought a little uh, uh, show and tell. This is a plaque the Mormon church gives you when you serve a mission. You can see a picture of me with a lot of hope and light in my eyes that is no longer there. I'm going to pass this around. You guys can look at this. Nobody steal this or else I'll come after you like I'm Leon Neeson and that's my daughter. Okay, so... This story takes place over 52 hours uh, during that mission, but uh, let me tell you the end of the story is that uh, I I left the Mormon church uh, in 2004. I moved to New York to become a godless heathen. It worked out quite well. Uh, It confused my politics because now I'm pro-gay marriage, but also pro-polygamy, but I'm anti-gay polygamy because that's gross. Um, But... uh, when I was a young man, uh, and there's some people here who knew me from a, a time I looked like that, um, I loved being Mormon. I loved my religion. I loved Jesus. I was like a 13-year-old girl for Jesus Bieber. I was like really, <laughs> really into it. I had a great family, and I loved the precepts of the church, but I struggled. My whole uh, young life, I struggled to, to fit into this church. I, I, I liked the ideas of it, but I, I could never quite connect with the people. And I could never quite fit in. And uh, this came to a head when I went uh, to the Mormon temple for the first time. And I don't know if any of you have been to a Mormon temple, but it is terrifying. It is the weirdest uh, ritual that you'll ever go through. And that night when I came home, I I said to my mom, I'm like, I don't know if I want to be a part of this. And my mom said to me at that point something that meant a lot to me. She said, go on your mission and it'll all make sense. So I, uh, I actually went to BYU as a freshman, and uh, I, I put my papers in uh, for a Mormon mission. And uh, this is where the ink comes in. The, this is a few micrograms of ink that completely changed my life. Um, when you go on a Mormon mission, you just put your papers in, and they call you wherever. Uh, my brother got sent to Fort Lauderdale. I got sent to Siberia. So it, it is pretty random. Um, but also, uh, on the calling, uh, on the paper, and this is where the... I'm, struggling to tie ink into this, <laughs> but there was one sentence in that calling, besides saying that I was going to the Novosibirsk Siberia mission, uh, that said, uh, if you serve your mission faithfully, you will come home with a rock-solid testimony of the truth of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I had been struggling for that my whole life. I wanted so badly to believe in this church. And so when I was on my mission, I was dead set on following all of the rules. I wanted to have the best mission ever. And, and so I, I, like I, I, you know, I got up at the right time. I went to bed at the right time. I, I didn't uh, listen to any other music. I, I just got up and missionaried all day, every day. And uh, I thought that that would give me 
this rock-solid testimony. And I was about a year and a half into my mission, and I was really struggling because the more missionary stuff that I did, the more I, I had this deep, deep sinking feeling that maybe this wasn't for me. So this story takes place on uh, what you call a missionary transfer. Like, uh, Siberia is a big mission, as you might imagine, and um, you get transferred between different cities. And so me and four mi missionaries were going on a, a, a transfer. Um, that we, we started in Omsk, which is kind of in central Russia, and we got on the Trans-Siberian Railway, and I was on a, a 50, somewhere between 52 and 56-hour train ride across Siberia. Uh, and... Uh, one of the things missionaries have to do is once a week they get together in something called a district meeting and you read a scripture, you sing a, a hymn, uh, you share some spiritual thoughts and it's just a thing you're supposed to do. So on this train ride across, uh, across uh, the tundra, we decided we would have a district meeting. And for our opening hymn, we decided we were all feeling a little homesick, so we decided we'd sing America the Beautiful. America! And we thought this was uh, a nice little moment for us, but what we didn't realize is that the walls between the cars in a, a Russian train are very thin. So the first time that I exited my train car uh, after us singing this hymn, a large... Uh, who's seen Rocky Four? <laughs> you know the bad guy? Imagine that guy had just been drinking and smoking for 14 years. He's chubby. He's got a lot of, like, uh, mafia tattoos. That guy, he's about six foot two. I walk out of the car, he immediately pins me against a, a wall. And he uh, proceeds to tell me he's going to kill me. Uh, he's going to kill everybody in my car. And uh, luckily at that point, I was pretty good at uh, Russian. I could speak pretty well. And I was like, oh, oh, yeah, well, oh, what, what do you do? And he's like, I, I was, uh, I was uh, in the Olympics for the, the weightlifting team. I'm like, oh, that's great. Oh, good. What? <laughs> so uh, I talked my way out of it, and uh, the rest of my missionaries and I, the three other guys with me, we all just kind of huddled and camped out in the car for a while. About 30 hours into the train ride, uh, the other three missionaries uh, got off the train, so I was all by myself in this little car. And uh, while I had been talking to that guy, Russian conversation mostly goes like this, do you like our beer? Oh, I don't drink. Do you like our women? Oh, I don't fuck. Oh, okay, well, then I hate you. Um, and and that, that, that conversation had happened earlier on. Um, so so I'm, I'm, on this, I'm in this train car all by myself, and suddenly I hear music. The guy next door has taken his stereo, turned it all the way up, and put it against the wall. And it's playing that, you know, just god-awful Euro house techno, whatever, right? But this is a special CD. This CD has the sounds of women orgasming <laughs> overlaid over every single track. <laughs> right, nice, she says, yes. You would think so. Here's another fun fact about me. There was one point in my life where I went for three years without having a conscious orgasm. I had a lot of wet dreams, but I never touched my dick for three years. You know, except to shake. Twice. Three times, you're already a bad missionary. You get what I'm saying? Like, I was very, very invested in getting this rock-solid uh, testimony that I had been promised by these few micrograms of ink. So I'm sitting in this car listening to this. I'm like, oh, man, that guy's such a jerk. Why is he doing... Oh! I got an erection. 
I don't know if any of you have ever had an erection, but you haven't had an erection like this. I got an erection that was so intense, it felt like it wanted to like leave my body. It like felt like it wanted to jump off and like go start its own blog somewhere. It was like a thousand angels had tied strings to the end of my dick and were just tugging it. And uh, I was alone. There was nobody there in this little car but me and the sounds of many, many women orgasming. And I thought, oh, well, the CD's got to end at some time. No, CD players have repeat. For the next 20 hours, <laughs> this guy played a CD with porno pornographic sounds coming through my wall. My, my, uh, my little car was about six feet wide, or I don't know, four and a half, five feet wide or something. It was very tiny. And uh, I had very little time or room to think. And uh, so I kind of was in like, you know, that, that panic shuffle where you're going around, you're like, I'm about to masturbate, I gotta do something. Because I needed to finish my mission, you know, honorably. I needed this, raw, I needed this testimony that everybody had promised me that I would get if I just finished this fucking mission honorably. You know, oh shit bars in a car? There was one on either side, right? What I had to do is I had to lay down on a tiny table and grab Like Jesus if he was in, in, in reclining. Like, like this. And so in that position, I rode across the Siberian tundra, sundial-esque, for about 20 hours. And somewhere about 10 hours in, I thought to myself, maybe this is what they meant by rock-hard testimony. <laughs> Thanks, guys. The Narrators is produced by Robert Rutherford, Mary Robertson, Aaron Rollman, and me, Ron Doyle. Our assistant producer is Sydney Crane. Our theme music is by Whalehawk. And our founder and executive producer is Andrew Orvidal. A very special thanks to our amazing sponsors, Illegal Pete's, Sexy Pizza, From the Hip Photo, and Renegade Brewing Company. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. And join us at one of our live monthly shows, which take place every second Tuesday of the month at Tiger Tiger Tavern in San Diego, California, and every third Wednesday of the month at Bumport Theater in Denver, Colorado. Both shows start at 8 p.m. and are always free to attend. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter, and for past episodes, photos from our live shows, and a list of our upcoming events and themes, please visit thenarrators.org. Thanks for listening. <laughs>